Welcome to the Empowering Family Health Podcast, brought to you by your host, Joanne Callahan. In a world of disempowered and struggling families, it is my hope to bring you inspiration, information and support to take back control of your life and live an empowered, healthy and happy life. We'll be interviewing parents, doctors, health experts and professionals in all areas of health and well-being and my aim is to transform you into the masters of your family's future. Hello everybody and you're very welcome to the Empowering Family Health podcast. I am your host Joanne Callahan, and today we have an incredible guest. I'm really really excited to introduce Catriona Evans on the podcast today because Catriona is going to share with us her life story um, and how she overcame cancer and all the learnings that she came through as a result of of this experience. So, Katrina, you, Katrina, Katriona, even Katriona, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. So great, Katriona. Listen, I am super excited. We spoke a couple of weeks ago, and we had a very lengthy conversation all about your life story and everything that you've been through. And you truly inspired me, and I invited you onto this podcast to share your story. But before we dive into that, uh, Katriona, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you are really passionate about now in your life? So tell us a little bit of background. Yeah, my job um, has changed quite a lot. I used to be in childcare, so couldn't be much more different now. Uh, I'm self-employed and I make chocolates and fudge, um, chocolate truffles. And yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about making a goal of, of that and spending time with my family because it's my second chance at life and I decided I was not going to be that negative person anymore I just really wanted to make a goal but for myself and for my family so I'm, just, I'm loving doing that and I must be honest the very very being part of making confectionery I love the feedback love the love the feedback you know I call them buzz moments because people are like oh that was really nice or I got a message the other day <laughs> I had a message the other day saying uh, it was my cousin Stephanie's oh a friend of mine says that fudge is to die for and I told her the little trick about getting the scissors cutting it open so the kids don't hear it <laughs> oh <wow. laughs> they don't hear the flag so that, that's like a buzz moment it's like yay <laughs> so oh, wow I I love making it I love that feedback when I know what's really worked you know it sounds like so much fun Katriona how many children do you have I have got two boys they're 11 and 16 11 and 16 oh wow okay so and you're making fudge so you don't want them eating all your fudge (laughs) that's so funny that's so funny tell us bring us back so um you know how you came to uh become self-employed because they used to work in childcare. So yeah. how did all that change? Bring us back to um, where, where that all started and your journey from uh, through your cancer. Yeah, well, like I said, the childcare was, um, it was a nursery assistant and then a classroom assistant with special needs children. Um, and then just 2013, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, throat cancer. So, of course, the classroom job, that kind of, um, after a while, just wasn't going to be going back mm. um the the cancer that was all the cancer itself and the thyroidectomy and treatment was all fitted into one year 
they were very they were very on the ball it was a long year but a short year wow Um, time to think about it so it just all happened no no you now you say that I think um that's I, I didn't deal with it at the time like I suppose like so many people I just kind of let's get on with it let's get on with it and then there was a big fallout afterwards um my my focus was one baking and two right you know what get on the ball here I have a wedding to go to in Italy and I need to have the radioactive treatment out of the way so that I can fly so you were just focused on getting to this wedding it was let's go let's go let's go because you know what I'm going to Tuscany yeah I can hear this yeah 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 so yeah it was a very um very long year but but at the same time so squeezed together um so yeah that's that's kind of sort of how I moved from the classroom to being at home and then being at home it was just you, you have to find something to do you know when you're dying to be off on holidays yeah but after a while it's like I want to go back to work yeah uh well I came back from Tuscany and all of a sudden just it all kind of hit me you know what had happened so that's when I started to uh, have depression and anxiety and uh, I'm not even sure at what stage I was suicidal uh, but the self-harming and suicidal all that and what has really struck me as one of the massive takeaways and with working with a lot of amazing people like you know Pat Slattery, Donna Kennedy, is you know what? That's all past. That's done, and it's it's not who I am. I'm not any of those behaviours. None of that is me. Um, and I'm, I'm quite happy now to talk about it and tell people about it. But you know what? That is my past. That's all back there on the shelf. I can look at it and say it's done now, because such amazing things have grown from it. Yeah, so you say you went through this whole journey and it was a whirlwind for the for that year that you were talking yeah. about and you were focused on this wedding. So you were kind of, I suppose, distracted. So you weren't really dealing with it as as it was unfolding. So yeah. and then of course you had um so you had lots of things come up then afterwards because um the, the, the realization of what had happened and then you had your family as well. So I, I'm sure your family were very worried. How did you deal with during the whole process how did you feel with the family dynamics like how how were you able to yeah. tell them or did you feel comfortable telling them or what was that all like I have uh probably a slight made up memory do you know you don't quite remember something and you fill in the gaps of telling them and I know we did because we very deliberately my partner and myself we very deliberately made sure they knew exactly what was happening at their level yeah um so Sort of at each stage, we sat them down. This is what's happening. Um, we just did it as simply as we could. There's cancer and it's in my throat. But it's um, luckily we were able to handle heart and tell them exactly it's not going to spread anywhere. What does um, cancer mean to your children? But did they did they see it as because most people well, the big C is like, well, death is going to come. How how did yeah. they perceive cancer? That was. How old were your children? Difficult uh, at the time. Jack would have been, uh, he would have been about 10. Yeah. And so Luke would have been about five, coming up to six. Yeah, it's quite it's very young. young. But we, 
have had quite a bit of a history of it in the family. My dad had passed away from cancer. So they'd had the experience of loss, but they'd also had the, well, they hadn't had the experience. They weren't alive when my mum had had breast cancer, but they knew that she had and had survived it. So we had we had that kind of, they, they, they had a knowledge of both sides of things. Sorry, my cat's in the game. So they, they did have as much of an understanding as a child that age can have. Yeah, yeah. And and I suppose their brains are, they just want to know that their mommy is is okay and safe. And um, they, they obviously, there's a, there's a great bond there in your family, I can tell. And um, because it meant a lot to you how they were told and that they were informed as well. And I think when children are informed, that uh, that's half the battle. Um, uh, yeah, because they pick up when things aren't quite right. They they pick up on it, and it's bad enough if they don't fully understand the situation. But if it's they have no idea, they just know that I keep disappearing off to places. Yeah, that's you no, know, and they don't even know that it's to the hospital because of my throat or or any of that. You know, it's it's difficult enough for them if they have that knowledge, but if they don't. They just know there's something is wrong. And when the dynamics are just affecting me and the boys, it's actually affecting me and my partner. Yeah. Then that's even worse because what could go through their heads? You know. Yeah, because this whole fear happening? element comes in and fear is just can extend into all sorts of negative emotions and just yeah. anxiety comes with that because I'm worried because you're not sure, you're not certain what's going to happen in the future and how things are going to unfold. So all that is there, it's present. And people deal with that differently, I suppose. And it's it's part of our safety. You know, if we feel safe, there's no fear. Um, but obviously that was there. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier, um, Catriona, was um, the importance of being able to communicate and to uh, express yourself, I suppose, communicating with your family. So you were telling them step by step as everything was progressing. So you were dealing with that yourself and then you had to relay that with your family. So what was that process like? Because there's obviously new bits of information and treatments and what have you that you had to to go through. So obviously you had to let that sink in first before you could relay it to your family. How, how, how did that all pan out? What was that like? That was uh, mature reflection uh, really was quite odd and has taught me a lot looking back on it because I was great letting the boys know, but I wouldn't allow myself to feel it or think about it. I was great letting the boys know, but I wouldn't talk to my family about it. Um, I was, again, I, I, the only people really that I opened up to were the doctors. And even then, it was quite tight about what I said. Mm. And so I believe the communication, when that started, that's what really saved me. So I think key things are vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable because that's your power. It's so powerful. It, it's it's a huge strength, even though we look at it as a really word of being weak and you're very vulnerable. It's not because it was when I was able to be vulnerable and open and say, do you know what? I'm, I'm self-harming here. I'm not coping. Yeah. I have stood in the middle of the road and thankfully in a split second thought, what if it doesn't work? 
they'll also be stuck here with a broken leg. So that's that it's where that stopped me. So communication was so key then because I told people this and all of a sudden they were, oh, this is, it was like, oh, now I know what's going on with her. Now I, I, these people could could be here for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that whilst they may not understand totally what's happening with me, mm-hmm. uh, they, they wouldn't be under any illusion that they were in control, but they knew that that there was, you know, psychological things, there were mental issues as well as the cancer they knew, you know. There was circumstances underneath underneath everything yeah. that happened unfolding. And even though they didn't know quite again like what was going to happen or whatever, but they they understood your 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 vulnerability, I suppose, and where you were and that there was a possibility of fear there because um Again, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know. And then you had all these suicidal tendencies. And to be able to reach out and ask for help and to actually tell people what was going on, that was a massive, I, I suppose that would take a lot of courage, Catriona, to be able to do something like that. And I, and what I can hear as well, that you, your children were so important to you or are so important to you. Oh, that yes. You recognised um that you had to ask for help you 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 despite of all this vulnerability and the fear you embraced um courage to be able to ask for help um to bring you through this process because you loved your children dearly and you needed help and quite often as parents we see ourselves as up here on the pedestal that we, we are the strongest ones type of thing you know as parents but yeah. What I can hear, even if you're a parent and if you, you love your children that we do we do need help at times as well yeah, I think that the real strength is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to show that vulnerable side and open up. And, and that is the asking for help. To me, that's the real superpower of vulnerable, that you're able yeah, that's so you right. know, to ask those people, like, I need you here, I need you to understand um, that this is what's going on in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and something else you said, Katriona, as well, we were talking earlier, um, when you were going through your radiation treatment, this really stood out for me, was um, as part of that treatment, people couldn't be in contact with you. And you had your treatment yeah. done and you were, you were um, in this room all on your own. And there was there was a line. I remember you telling me, was that right? There was a line or something in your room that you went uh, past that line. Yeah, I laughed so much because it was the doorway. And uh, a big thick line on the floor but there was no door and it was almost like this magic line was going to keep the radiation just stop it right there but yeah there was a line um that I couldn't have crossed um, but it was more so for the nurses bringing food or whatever they couldn't actually cross it you know they had it so that they could just leave a tray of food around onto um a counter yeah. So yeah, it was a very hard time being on my own there that we talked but about. Yeah. What's that like like to that people couldn't be in contact with you? And then when you went home, you're telling me that you weren't allowed to hug your kids either. So and as human beings, we need human contact. It's it's one of our basic needs, and that that's probably the hardest part I went through was to have to step back and tell them, no, you know, we can't. You can't hug me. Um, 
we have really, really, really good relationships. And so there was it was it was really hard, but it was also um a worry would it be detrimental to yeah. the relationship? If anything it is strengthened it. Yeah. Do you, you know? do you you knew that this was only going to be uh, a few days or something like that? Wasn't that the case? Was it, it was just a few days? Yeah. But yeah, I was going over like, a few days. That was like an eternity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it really did. It just felt like forever. And just even, you know, could I sit in your knee just for a minute? And that was just. How do you tell a child that you can't come near me like and you can't hug me? Yeah. Is it funny too? Because for so long, it would have been oh boys, you know, the one a bedtime story. I was, I'm really tired. Yeah, and it's like, no, come on, we'll, we'll do a bedtime story, okay? <laughs> My God, wow, wow. So that that whole process, Katrina, was a year long, and then you you got your um you got the all clear after a year, was it? Was that how it worked? That what happened? Um, yeah, it's funny they never said anything about remission. They just said, right, okay, because the full thyroidectomy in May, they took everything out, and all the nodes, and the so your thyroid. thyroid. Your whole thyroid was taken out. Yeah, yeah. And then the August was the radioactive therapy. A wee while after that then just brought me in, and I don't remember the conversation, but basically it was just the treatment worked. And black, the treatment was just a blast. Anything that could have been left. So... Yeah, the, the word remission was never used, so we just, it was just right, that worked, it's done. Tell us, that word remission, what what does that, what does that word kind of do to you even now, this day, because that's a big word, yeah. remission. It's not, it's really funny, I never used it. People would have asked me, how are you? But not, I never used it, not a conscious, I would say that word, but it's just Thinking back, not once did I say I was. Yeah, that's incredible. Maybe, now this is, I don't know, but maybe there's an element of, if I say it's remission, there's a chance it could come back. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me kind of wondering now, but I just never used it. The subconscious mind is a funny old thing, isn't it? And here you didn't want to bring that word into your vocabulary because it may, you know, what you focus on, you attract and all this kind of thing. So that's what I can hear. Um, So am I, would I, do do you have fear now, Catriona, or, you know, that that it could possibly return or how are you feeling right now at this moment in time? I feel really, really good about myself right now. Brilliant. Yeah, I really do. Um, I must be very truthful that I thought that I had kind of dealt with all the things and come through it. Funny enough, the cancer and things I have, but there's other stuff in the past that I have held on to, which is another thing that I I got from all this was you have to face your feelings. I'm not just, it it irks me somewhat when people say, face your fears and do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. No, don't do that. Face your fears, feel them. Quite possibly you have to put something in place before you deal with them. I love you that. Have to, you have to feel them. And I think there were so many that I didn't, that I've only now said, you know what, that's my past. Uh, that's my thank you. 
say thank you so much to Donna Kennedy for really making me open my eyes to this and make a conscious decision is that all the other things that had happened from very early age uh, that I was holding on to, thinking I dealt with them. Yes. I'm sorry, just put a big X through them now. If, if they come into my mind, big X, that's done. Nothing I to really do with me now. totally can relate to what you're saying because, you know, we live in, everything is energy, right? Everything, even us, even yeah. like you can see this physical being here, right? But we're made up of cells and uh, particles and, it's, and it goes right down to energy. And people talk about this energetic field that we have. And you spoke about feelings. And so many people deny their feelings they don't feel their feelings and the feelings when you feel the feelings it turns into that's an emotion so the feelings I was listening to um oh god uh tear what was her name what was her name uh can't, I can't remember her name now but I was watching a, a YouTube video this morning it was all about feelings and feeling the feelings because it's in our emotional it's in our energy field in our body field right yeah and if we don't deal with that it gets more dense and dense and it, and it gets trapped in, in our body, in, in all our cells and, um, you know, like anger and resentment. And if we don't deal with our feelings, if we don't feel our feelings and um, allow them to be. And I don't know if you've heard, Katrona, as well um, about the heart and the heart Matt Institute. I don't know if you look up some of their work. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the feelings that, yeah. and emotions, it goes through the, the, the heart first. So the heart has its own uh, neur- neurons if you like and it actually there's been research shown that the heart actually feeds the brain the information so the yeah. feelings come first and the emotions and then the brain thinks accordingly so I just think it's um, absolutely fascinating and a lot of diseases including cancer um, is, is a very big part of not dealing with the feelings like what you're saying there now yeah well I, I could well imagine because um, so many things that came up when I went to counselling, we had nothing to do with cancer. Nothing. Yeah, it was stresses from years beforehand. And I, I just sort of thought, good grief, I've carried about so, so much. Mm. And it's just, it's just time now. And I've made that conscious decision to put it all down behind me. And that's but- it. When did this, when the, uh, how long ago? It was 2013 when he got the cancer. So, t- so 2014 mm. was, um, not when you got your all clear, but the, you didn't get that word remission, but like everything seemed to be okay then. The thyroid was removed and. The every- thyroid was removed in 2014. And then that was May, was my birthday. <laughs> Go away. I know. I know. And you wouldn't believe the amount of scarves I got. Oh my God. Really? Because you know when people are oh, going for. In the hospital operation, she's got a big scar on her throat. And he got you know, she'll, she'll need scarves. I have got such a fetish for scarves now. Wow. But that's that's said, there's hardly anything. That <laughs> is incredible. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I, I should have put my phone on silent. I'm, I'm going to be up loud. I'm really sorry. That's okay. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, Katiana. So, so now going forward, right? Um, you said that there was a lot of anxiety and depression you, that you went through all that as well. So that was another mm-hmm. part of, um, and you re- and, and that can be really deep. You can get into a really deep hole and your energy, all your energy is just very, very low. And as we were speaking earlier that everything is energy and we're energetic beings, we're electrical beings as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after this whole process, you found, um, 
so obviously you know you know job your childcare uh, job was gone so how did you transition then what kind of work or how did you get into the making the fudge and doing all the the as a yeah. self-employed uh, entrepreneur how did that happen yeah well like I'm saying you know you you need to find that focus uh, obviously during the thing itself it was right in the focus was mainly I'm going away there was also baking because I knew that the year after uh, my cousin who was getting married she would be coming over and we were going to have a good old hula up at my mummy's house <laughs> um, so I thought I'd okay I'm making her a cake and I used to bake with my grandmother all the time when I was young and so started focusing on baking I baked and baked and baked and got lost in my baking which turned in, into more of an obsession <laughs> than than a focus um and I did, kept doing that kept doing that I did I made her a cake made her a, a, an Italian Genoese cake uh, with tears on it and hydrangea flowers up the side the gum paste chew and then about 70 cupcakes and I kind of did like an Italian thing throughout it. Wow. So anyway, I did I did that. I thought, what else can I do? Because I had, I, I honestly, I had baked for Britain. Um, I thought, right, okay, I'll try chocolates. So I taught myself then to make the chocolates, uh, chocolate truffles, hand-painted chocolates. And I thought, you know what, I wonder. I, I don't know, I'd never made fudge before in my life. I never liked fudge because it was sticky and, you know, it sticks your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, horrible, horrible. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> oh, and I thought, no, I could not. Uh, I don't like fudge, but I want to try. I don't know why I thought I want to try a really proper crumbly tablet one. So, yeah, give that a go. And uh, you know, when you make something, you go, wow, that works. You know, I'll turn around to my partner. I did that. I did. I did that. So, <laughs> I could hear such excitement in in and curiosity, and it was just you know like, my goodness, I can be, and all of a sudden then you know, the chocolates had already started to sell, and then the fudge, the chocolates then were outsold. Wow! I think hundred percent maybe, you know, by the fudge, just it flew. Wow! And and from there, um, so so I can really hear that that you found. And and there's there's a lot of creativity in in what you did as well. So, and to be able to access and use that part of the mind or the brain or whatever you want to call it, um, you would you just immersed yourself into all this fun and curiosity. That's what I can hear, and you really enjoyed it and you're excited about it and you're curious to learn new things. So, you made that into a business then. And where did you meet Pat and Donna along the way? I have been so fortunate and. At the beginning of 2020, I thought, right, this year, I'm going to push myself to meet people. I'm going to go to events. Um, I'm going, first of all, I'm going to go to an event. And then I'm going to go to an event and I'm going to make a point speaking to at least one person. Because much as I love to sit and chat one-to-one or to a few people, right, honestly, at an event, I'm like, that, I just, I don't I cannot speak to loads of people which is ironic because I will start and speak to 100 people yeah I will sit and speak to people one-to-one like this but for years I would not 
for lack of money, wouldn't have got into a conversation at an event or, you know, even just with a group of people. That's so brilliant. That's so-, um, so, yeah, 2020, I said, I'm going. And I watched somebody's podcast, Adam Strong, and he was interviewing Pat Slattery. Yeah. And like, I know Pat, and you know Pat. Do you know what he says? When's the best time? Yeah, yeah, In yeah. Fact, the best time is now. Opportunity comes to pause, not to pass. And he said on the podcast, he said, now, I encourage anybody to reach out to me. And, he, and you know when you know someone's genuine, really means it. It was like and he's he, talking directly to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's so passionate. And just I just thought, right, okay, I'm going to connect with him. I thought there's no way in this world capture that you connect with him and not straight away message him. Yeah, it was almost like you know, he was he, he was so passionate about it when he said it, and you knew he really meant it. It would just be such a waste of time to contact him and not actually follow up on it. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it was almost like, oh God, he'd be really cross if I did that. No, didn't, <laughs> didn't know the man, but at this stage, it felt like, oh God, he'd be so annoyed. <laughs> And if I was ever brave enough to do it again, you know, no, done. So anyway, yeah, I did. I messaged him. Uh, we'd reach out and he was saying about, you know, where he was going to be doing the Make It Happen in February. And I should call down. Um, I at least I'm obviously in Dublin. I'm up the west, uh, uh, east, well, sorry, yeah, west coast, Northern Ireland, uh, County Antrim. And honestly, I was, he says, we're just down the road. Oh, well, fair enough. I suppose it's only a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, I'm just going to book the tickets. No clue how I'm getting down there. I have no clue how I'm getting back, but I'm going. Well, you just went. Yeah, you went. You you so, just wanted to be there, and that was this. And to put it out, yeah, I'm going. And then a lovely lad, Kenny Faulkner. Oh, yeah. He lives in Lorne. So he came, stopped at six o'clock in the morning. Do you remember Hurricane Kira? Yes. Yeah. That, that during that and he came he picked me up he brought me down to double the great pack on the way down and then he says I don't know he says if I'm staying over for a mastermind or if I'm coming back up so it turned out he was staying and he says but don't be worried he says I've gone I've spoken to Pete here are you okay to travel up with Pete London and he'll leave you at the train station in Belfast wow that'll do grand that'll do right well but you know what bless him Pete dropped me my door Oh my God, you were well looked after. I was so well looked after. Uh, that's where I was first really introduced to Pat. Because obviously he was speaking, and Donna then was speaking as well. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to be following those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to connect with them. I don't know. And I was still very much, I don't know what can I even bring to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... But I you just, knew that you had to be part of it. I knew I was and everything else would work out. Yeah. Bless up, bless my went to Pat afterwards. And I'm a hugger. I, I don't shake hands. There's none of that nonsense. No. I, I hug. I hug people. It's killing me with COVID that I can't hug. Yeah. yeah. Killing me. So I gave Pat, I brought him down some of the fudge. And I was saying that I would love to work with you, Pat. And I'm not in a position to do it right now, but I will. And then, dear love, I was saying goodbye. And he went to shape my house. It was silly. 
Ah, oh, God. So, anyway, I left him with a hug and a packet of fudge. <laughs> and I just it was made really, up, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just kept sort of in touch and followed him. And then he started the Outstanding Network, which really lives up to its name and beyond. Yeah, and that only really? started temporarily at the beginning of COVID. And it's still it was only supposed to be for a while. Yeah, yeah. on strong now. So you so you are involved and you've done the masterminds with Pat and you've worked with Donna as well. Yeah. And they're going to be helping you. I believe you're going to be writing a book. Am I right? Well, I had hoped I'd be, I've done the mastermind with Pat and Pat and Donna are doing putting the pieces together. Mm. Uh, course at the minute, which honestly, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And they just go above and beyond. I would recommend anybody to do yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was gutted. Donna brought out, uh, Donna and 19 other very inspirational, talented people. I've actually read halfway through the book, uh, Be Life for Belief. Yes. And Fantastic book. Amazing book. Amazing. I wish I had here hold it up. But at the time, I hadn't seen the post until later on. And Donna had said she was looking for co authors people with inspirational stories. And by the time I saw it and commented, she already had all the people. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd already decided I want to write my book because I took too much. You have a lot to share, Katrin. From, like from that experience. Not the experience, that's not the important part of it. Not to dismiss it, but that's not, I've taken too much amazing learnings. And something very interesting that you said as well was that I am not what happened to me. And a lot of people, when they have, um, they're diagnosed with something, they'll say, you know, I've, they'll make a part of them where it's not, it's not who you are. It's, 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 it's a disease or whatever, or cancer, but it's not who you are. And that was something very big that you pointed out as well. And you really distinguished that. Yeah. But yeah, well, I think from listening to Donna at Pat's Make It Happen, she talked, some of the things she mentioned were about uh, with her anorexia, with anorexic behaviour, behaviours, anorexic behaviours, and I thought that's what it was. It was depressive behaviours and anxiety-driven behaviours. And just recently then I've been able to say, you know what? Yeah, that's what that was. And I make a really, a really conscious effort, really, really conscious effort to just say, you know what? When I journal or when I'm doing my gratitudes or when I've been working with them on the putting the pieces together or just when I'm sitting, like I say, no, those were depressive behaviours and not when I had depression or when I was anxious because I thought, no, I need, to, I need to make this so that those were separate to me. Those were the behaviours driven by that particular situation. Brilliant. Oh, great. And it's, it's funny, not who you truly are. Yeah, it's, it's not who I am at all. It's almost akin to saying, oh, here you, introduce yourself, and I'm Kat Giona. I'm a mother of two. I'm married. You know what I mean? But that's, that's not who I am. That's my role. Brilliant. Well, it's akin to that. It's kind of like that was the situation. Brilliant. That's not who I am. Yeah, no, and that's that's a very big distinct, you know, because when you realise who you are and who you are being, being compassionate, being loving, 
all those wonderful things because your behaviors are derived from how you're being or who you're being. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's so great because it comes from inside us as opposed to because so many people they behave or act from an external source. But when you can separate that and realize that you have the power, you have the choice to um to be a certain way and to come from a certain vibration. You know, you can talk about vibrations or be loving or be kind or whatever. Um, but when you're in that higher state of vibration and then when you project that out onto all the people around you in your environment and it gets infectious, it becomes infectious it and it then does. they automatically are being that way as well. Yeah, it's like when you go to an event or when you're just even doing an online networking live this year, how often do you feel that vibration rise and rise and rise and it's just uh, the most fantastic feeling? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, and I love getting together, the same as you, like going to those events because yeah. the energy is just so high because it is. those people are looking for possibilities in their life, not focusing on what happened to me, that victim mentality or, um, you know, everything that went wrong or I can't do this because they're all excuses and reasons and they're a victim mentality. Whereas it's being accountable. It's working with people, asking for yeah. help. What's next? blah, 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 looking for solutions, like focusing on those things. And when there's a group of like-minded people like that and the energy is there as well, it just really enhances who you are yeah. and, you know, what you want to achieve in your life. Totally. And um, that's exactly, you talk about the victim mentality. And I had, it's, it's funny, it was pointed out to me um, a few days ago that I need to be more mindful of not slipping back into the victim mindset because after being in it for a very, very long time, even before the cancer, mm. after being in it for a very, very long time, now I'm starting to make that really conscious effort. And even the other day when my partner was saying about something that was really negative or something, I said, no, it doesn't serve me this conversation. I've just put a big X through it wow. here. Just, I said, I've just put an X here. It's done. I said, do you know what that sounds like? You just X'd me out. You're like Simon Kyle sitting with a big buzzer in the corner. That's oh, so great. That's yeah. And I think you're you're so right because when you, and look, we're human beings and we, we're wired in this primitive part of the brain, right? But when you practice being conscious, as you say, and you practice it regularly, you'll catch these things a lot quicker. We may slip back. Yeah. But you'll catch them a lot quicker, Katrina, and then you can get out of it as well. You have the tools, yeah. you know what it, you know what's happening, and you you can control what's going on and those feelings and all that kind of stuff as yeah. well. It's just so. I think choice. We choose. We have the choice, and choice has been a a huge, a pretty huge part in things. And I don't think that we we um, pay choice enough mind. We don't think of it. We just go, we go along automatically. And when I was writing actually a while ago, I was writing down about, you know, and I chose some, I don't remember exactly what I was writing about, let's say I chose American. But, you know, but I made this conscious choice. And in the book, I, yes, yeah, I, you read that right. Yeah, I chose um, because we, we have that. And it's, um, it's been the most powerful thing because the more I've brought it into my life, 
even this past week, you want to see the amount of things I've been Simon Cowell X behind me, it's yep. gone, you know, because they didn't serve me. They really, they were just going to bring my vibrations down. And I thought, you know, no, um, I'm very, very bloody minded, quite defiant. Um, um, I tend to use it to my advantage. Yeah, yeah, and and I can hear that you're you're really you're taking your power back. I can it's, hear, I can really hear that. Katrina, we're yeah. coming near to the end. Tell us what is next. Tell us what is next in 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 your life. What's going to happen next? I think the next really big thing will be Jewel. I think it's going to be my book, which I hope to have done by mid the end of next November. And public speaking. I want to get out. I I have taken so much. I've been so lucky to take so much from all the the, the experiences I've gone through to not share them. Ah, oh, yes. I know there's so much that I feel that I could help even just one people, one people, one, two people, then that would just be everything. And you know what's so great as well is that when you're having a conversation with people, whether it's a one-to-one or a group setting or whatever, people will hear themselves in your conversation because we're so similar. There may be a different circumstance, but they'll hear themselves and see themselves and what it is that you have to share. And that is priceless because there are a lot of people out there that are afraid to ask for help. But when they see you being vulnerable and sharing your story, it's it's an opportunity for them to ask for help. And yeah. it's just such a great way for you to be able to reach out and connect with people that way, that way, because that is how we connect and that's how relationships are formed. It's true empathy and hearing yourself in other people's conversations. It's just mm. so, so yeah. powerful. It is. I mean, there's, that's why that's why the word able is in vulnerable, because then you're able to let others in, you're able to communicate oh my god yeah that is so great it's just brilliant but yeah that's my that's my plan I think for the next so public speaking and you also want to get out onto a lot of podcasts so if any other podcasters listening in grab uh, reach out and grab Kationa she wants to share her story it's such a powerful and inspiring uh uplifting story as well and really just to show people what is possible in your life and how you can change your mind I don't like call it mindset because it's very rigid but like the power of the mind we're, we're, we're yeah. so powerful beyond what we it's, actually realize and it's very much about perception it is because everyone's perception Perception's is different. huge yeah yeah and, and your reality is based on your perception what you see your viewpoint whatever mm. um, yeah we're near the end one final question that I want to ask you um Katrina if if you were to share one really important piece of information to have people really be empowered in their lives, what would that one, just that one little thing that you would say to people to have them be empowered? I think be vulnerable. Allow yourself, give yourself permission to be vulnerable and don't look at it as being oh small and, and that sort of negative perception of vulnerability that's your power. That's how you will be able to move forward and communicate and see all these amazing people around you trying to help you. That's how you'll be able to see the amazing opportunities and, and things out there for you. That's it. That's it. It, really, it opens up doors. It's such a power. Community because by being vulnerable, what I can hear and what you're saying is that's what allows you to connect with other people. 
And again, back to the empathy again, because you have to have vulnerability and then people can hear themselves in you. And it's, it just opens up so just, much by being vulnerable. It, it just took me a second to think because I thought, you know what? There's so many things I've talked about, but on the base level, none of those things can happen mm. until you step into the power of you being vulnerable. Yes. Because we can't do it on our own. Nobody can. That's where you're true self lies if you like do you know what I mean like we're not mm. all perfect but yet we are perfect <laughs> we're, we're perfect perfectly imperfect yeah that's it absolutely and it lies inside of that vulnerability because that's how we learn and grow we talk about failures and all of this but that's where we learn by that art of being vulnerable and allowing yeah. and, and that's what allows everything else to come in God, yeah. we can have a whole other conversation I, I could talk about it all forever <laughs> I really could where where can people find you Catriona um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, if you go to just Catriona Briggs Evans, you'll find me there. Or you could email me at catriona.ce at gmail.com. Okay, brilliant. And what I'll do is I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can reach out and have a conversation with you if they like. And uh, you're in, in Pat Sattery's network as well. So um, you're you can in network. Still into that. In there. Yeah. If you want to have a chat with you as well about that because it's been a lifesaver for you. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So, oh, or you could visit my website. Oh, yeah, there's a thing. There's a thing. Shameless plug. Yeah, give it to us. classiccouk And all your fudges and chocolates are there as well, aren't yeah. they? And you yeah. do the you do a, a skincare range as well. Um, what's it called? Yeah. Um, well, it's my business as an independent uh, tropic advisor. Tropic. Yeah, and it just is. Sorry, my son has just come downstairs and his onesie's oh, here. Sorry. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>, sunshine. <laughs> and. Um, Tropic is this amazing skincare thing. It really is with um, hair care, makeup and things. And I, I'm not one for all the, the makeup and the skincare and all the rest of it, but I tried it to support a friend. Yeah. And Part of self-care was, really, isn't it? The, the, yeah, all it was that. absolutely amazing. Uh, the difference it made me feel. Aww. So then I became an ambassador then because one, I fell in love with the product, but two, when I asked to know more about it, first of all, it was it was just mind-blowing the amount of things that they do for charities. So there were so many things aligned with me in that self-care and that all-natural, no plastics and microbeads and you know, yeah. all, all this absolutely amazing um, information I found out about it. It's another thing to get in contact if you, if you would like to be part of that, really, because... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah I can I can hear you value you all things natural as well and uh, yeah. really looking after yourself. So you've that and you've got your your fudge and your chocolates that make you happy and excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, and other people too. Happy chocolate and fudge, me you can't yeah. be unhappy. <laughs> brilliant. I'll put all those links in the in the show notes below. Listen, Catriona, thank you so much for sharing your story and spending the time with us today. And listen, have a fantastic day. Yes, you too, Joelle. And thank you so much for the chat. Really enjoyed it. Okay, great. Talk okay. to you. Thank you for joining us on the Empowering Family Health Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the upcoming cast. And remember to share with your friends so that they too can be empowered.